Welcome once again, everybody, to the next episode of Drive-In Movies Podcast, brought to you by Gamer Discretion Advised. I'm going to go around the table. Don't you interrupt me. <laughs> I'm going around... Stop! <laughs> I'm going around the table to introduce who we got. My brother. What's your name? Can I talk now? Yes, you may. I'm forced. <laughs> we have a special guest. Interrupting Kamu. Forrest and my cousin... And a longtime friend of the Gamer Discretion Advice podcast, JD. Say hello. Hello. Special celebrity guest. Celebrity guest, celebrity deathmatch. I don't know about that. And last but not least, please identify yourself. Was that a fat guy reference? You said last but not least. Like only, as if I'm not the least amount of mass at this table. Only if you want it to be. Don't read into it, please. That's definitely reading the fucking <laughs> You see what he did there? He's, what do you do? He he he's he automatically pointed to me and said, "Not the least." He knows that he is one of the least at this table. Well, he's also <laughs> one of the least in many respects. Oh, that's a burn. I was calling you short. Oh, hey, I thought it was yeah, about was... my action figure collection. <laughs> <laughs> I've only, geez, guys, he's only got nine hundred and twenty-three <laughs> prime pieces of. I'm done. I had an action. <laughs> I had an action figure when I was a kid. You could put little pop caps into him. Yep, and oh, pull him back. Oh, I had the exact same set, and I know what you're talking about. What what action figure was that? That was a RoboCop action figure. Do you remember that? No, I don't. You uh, the Ed Two Hundred Nine and the RoboCop. You could open their backs, and you put those paper cap gun things in there, and it even had the little trigger on it. Yeah. So RoboCop or Ed Two Hundred Nine could shoot. And I'm from the '90s. Yeah. <laughs> I was just born. So, I guess that brings us to our main topic today, which is RoboCop. the RoboCop franchise. Yep, pedophiles. What? Well, RoboCop doesn't like them. Good. Or rapists. I've seen what or he does. Or people who smoke. <laughs> or people who smoke. <laughs> Thank you for not smoking. So, we have how many films in the franchise that we are discussing today? Um, uh, two. Well, that gets that gets technical. We're going to stick to the feature film franchise, not... We may touch on the series, we may touch on the animated series, we may touch on the miniseries, but I think we're going to focus strictly on... But not touched by an angel. Right. Okay, just making sure. Uh, Are we going to discuss him having a (laughs) jetpack? See, before you got here, we were discussing whether or not we were going to just disavow... Like, hey, we forgot a movie. We're like, what? No, we didn't. What are you talking about? <laughs> RoboCop three? Oh, you mean the remake? You mean the one, the one that he, it's <laughs> it's like Lord of the Rings or, or Harry Potter. We don't speak his name. Yeah, we don't discuss that movie. <laughs> There's no Wel- Welkers uh, available in this one. We don't talk. We shh. Don't say it. <laughs> so. It'll come back to life if you make it. Don't make another one. Oh my God, please no. Forrest, where does he start at? Where's RoboCop get his startings in the film franchise? Um, South Precinct. And then he transfers to North Precinct. And then he walks into a police station. And then he's like, hi, I'm Murphy. I'm from North Precinct. I'm Forrest. I do do everything literally. (laughs) Fuck you. I deserve that. For for interrupting you. But seriously, like, where does it start? The 1980? All right, J.D. All right, J.D. What started RoboCop? Did somebody, like, have a fart in the middle of the night and wake up and scare himself 
Be like, oh my god, that was a robot cop shooting at me, or what happened? I wish I could get such a descriptive intro. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Force, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> what is best in life? <laughs> what is best in life? Uh, the writers of the film were uh, uh, Michael Miner and Ed Newmeyer, is that their names? Don't look at me, I don't know. Sounds familiar? <laughs> I, think it, I think it is. It's very close, I'm sure. It just had the idea that uh, they wanted to make... They, they each had an idea for a robot cop movie. But they had, like, slightly different variances on it. Okay. So they got together and they decided to kind of compromise and they came up with uh, you know, RoboCop, or what it is right. what it is now. Yeah, wasn't one of them called Super Cop? I don't remember. I think so. Um, I had a meme on my phone. It was... They took RoboCop's first half and put him in a boat, and he's RoboCop. RoboCop? <laughs> yeah. Nice. It just, I don't know. It's the like... future of water <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, writers were credited as Edward Newmeyer and Michael Miner. Okay. So Damn, J.D., correct. you know your shit. Yes. You're a god amongst men. <laughs> Ryan Pictures put this out. You know, I most of my childhood, I always remember Orion Pictures as being... Right. You know, a pinnacle, and now we don't even... Well, they went... Wasn't it around the time of the Unspoken movie that they went bankrupt? I don't remember exactly when it was. Uh, I don't see a listing here. Well, they were still making movies all the way up into 97, and they've been owned by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. So, MGM bought them at some point since 97, and MGM revived the Orion name for television a year later after 2013. Hmm. I remember they made the first Terminator, but I don't remember them being credited on the second Terminator. No, the second Terminator... I'm trying to remember who made the second Terminator now, but... James James Cameron. Oh, you beat me to it! Oh, I hate you. Actually, he didn't make anything. He just directed it. Oh! He just said action and cut. Take a shot at everything I own. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, two guys decided... They're like, man... Did they like meet at a bar somewhere? And he's like, oh, man, hey, man, what's bugging you? Oh, I got this idea for a robot cop, but I just—I mean, how do we know anything further about that? No, that's all you know. Yeah, that's all I know. Worthless. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I meant it. I know you did. So yeah, that's pretty kick-ass. Uh, knowing that, I, I would like to know more about that story. Just did they meet up or because they didn't have email back then? You know, at one time I heard like I think it was like after the first film was released, they took like a comic book idea to Stan Lee. But Stanley had just at, at the time he'd just seen the Terminator. Okay. He's like, guys, you'll never be able to outdo that. Right. So, he's like, so, tough then, shit, suckers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, see, that's a cool story that yeah. they actually did that. I didn't know that. At it all. says Newmeyer was inspired by a poster from Blade Runner. Okay. He asked his friend what the film was about, and a friend replied, "It's about a cop hunting robots." So. While the two were attempting to pitch the screenplay, they were stranded at an airplane terminal with a high-ranking film executive for several hours. Oh, <laughs> that's like a dream. That's like a free interview or a free pitch meeting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they just if they like harass the guy the whole time. He's like trying to eat nachos, <laughs> or he's trying to go into like the the Golden Club because he's a gold member or whatever. And like, hey, wait a minute, hold on, we haven't told you the best part. He shoots a guy in the dick. Come here. Wait, where are you going? <laughs> Uh, Guys, if you leave me alone, I'll greenlight anything. Just <laughs> give me a break. And that's how Netflix was started. <laughs> the, that, those notes came straight from Wikipedia, by the way. So, so you have to take it with a grain of salt. Well, you have to take it with. You got to give 
the credit to Wikipedia for at least giving us something to go by here. That's so, cool. I mean... Got to take it with a grain of someone might have made that shit up. Well, and the first one came out, what's it say up there? 1st of July? No, 17th. July 17th, 1987 was when we got our first RoboCop film in theaters. So that put me at six years old. It, was opened, right. it opened against a stiff competition of uh, Jaws Revenge, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, no wonder it made so much money. Like, oh god, Here, this piece is, this thing is garbage. Just go to this other movie. A killer shark or a killer robot? What's our choices this weekend? What do we do? What do we do, people? Now, see, that's cool. That's the kind of information I like to know because I like to know what was going on. We talked about that because when we talked about the Monster Squad, uh, I think a week after, um, Lethal Weapon came out, and the week before was Predator. Those all came out the same summer, within weeks of each other. So that's why Monster Squad kind of, yeah, kind of vanished after that for a while. It only ran two weeks, two weekends. And I'm like, all right, pull it. I'm not making any money. Uh, so, Peter, like, Peter Peter Weller is who we consider is our RoboCop. He's our definitive yes, RoboCop. Yes, absolutely. So he's all right. He was forces like fight me, like he always says. <laughs> no, no, I, I <laughs> no, no, we're in agreement this time. Yeah. I, I, I concur. Uh, it also starred Nancy Allen, which she was uh, pretty well known back then, even for her time. I always remember her from 1941. Oh yeah, I've yeah. Heard she, and I, I only remember her as the bully from Carrie. That's all I know her from. Yep, she was Holy in it too. Shit, my mind's blown because as soon as you say it, I can now see her in the movie. But before that, going down on John Travolta, it was all darkness and still talking somehow. She's very talented <laughs> <laughs> for being a high schooler, I guess. Uh, Ronnie Cox played Dick Jones, Dick Jones. and he did a pretty good job. Oh, dude, yeah. he always did. Well, he's like the definitive '80s villain. He's in everything. Like, yeah. we need a villain. Get that guy. He he does good. Mm. Yeah. What's my motivation? Um, you were a rich dickhead. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And action. <laughs> and Kurtwood Smith was Clarence Bodeker. <laughs> he put his foot up someone's ass. Where's my fucking phone call? <laughs> in my opinion, Kurtwood Smith is like one of the top five movie villains of all time in that movie. Dude, he's amazing. He's up there. His whole character is amazing. He's a good actor. He's like, a, yeah, in like everything he, he does. He, uh, he was one of those, like, I remember as a kid seeing him and not thinking much of him being in RoboCop and whatnot. But he's one of those actors that's kind of had lasting power because he's, you know, he's still been, act, you know, he was acting up till here recently, so... Mm-hmm. I was kind of shocked that you know you would have someone, someone like that, still be able to pull their chops all mm-hmm. the way through. So, well, I mean, he's a good actor, and he was in that '70s show, and he just stole that. He yeah. he owned that character, mm-hmm. the disgruntled. It's no Buckaroo Bonsai, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bunch of aliens named John are trying to take. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah. uh bunch of other people too that didn't really do much else but you know still had pretty decent uh miguel ferrera he was in it too uh paul mccrane just a, a bunch of other cast members that aren't worth discussing <laughs> i would just like to mention that the old man you know the, the actual owner of ocp was also the same exact fucking character in halloween 3 season of the witch but since no one saw that movie no one would know that well was he the same dude that was in uh Oh shit! What was it? Uh, the Robocop police academies. No, that wasn't no, the same no, dude. No, 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 no. And and how dare you even? 
Try to discredit <laughs> that actor, whatever his name was. <laughs> How dare you get old white guys from the Dan O'Harely. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. They all look the same. <laughs> they he all was, look the same to me. He was also in Twin Peaks. I'd forgot that. Nice. So, yep. And The Adventures of Robinson Crusoe. I know there was a big disparity between uh, RoboCop 1 and RoboCop 2, especially surrounding the character, <clears throat> Peter, Weller's, Peter Weller's character. Because, you know, the first one really dives into uh, a man loses everything. Uh, it's Actually, just now talking about it, it kind of reminds me of a modern life in general. You're, you're born into this world, you kind of hit a certain age. And then you get shot in the hand with a shotgun? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're swallowed up by the corporate world and you lose all sense of identity in your in your own self because they're saying you have to, this is what you consume. Mm-hmm. You get baby food, you know, <laughs> because you're too stupid to choose what you get to eat, mm-hmm. you know, or, or something like that. So you have to find yourself in a corporate whirlpool of, I don't know, lies. Whoa, that's deep, man. That's my best fake Keanu Reeves impression. You nailed it. I thought he was right here with us for a minute. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's why my buddy Andy wouldn't watch The Matrix. Because of that one line in the trailer oh, when he goes, okay. Whoa. And he's like, Nope, fuck that movie. Not going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> movie makes millions of dollars. He's like, I don't give a fuck. That was the dumbest line I've ever heard in my life. I'll <laughs> never see that movie. He eventually watched it, by the way. Just saying. Yeah, the original Robocop to me, that was one of the absolute best science fiction pictures ever made. Well, I think what really solidifies it is there's a, there's a scene where he goes back to his old home to find that his family's moved out. Yeah. And that it's being sold again. And that's when it really hits you because he's getting flashbacks mm-hmm. of when they were happy too. Mm-hmm. That's when it really hits you that he cannot be normal ever again. Right, he can't go back. And when he figures that out, he punches a TV monitor and like hulks through his own fucking home and it is just the coolest thing. <laughs> no, that is an excellent scene. Because, I mean, how do you portray anger from a robot body? Mm-hmm. And it, you can only do it from posture. And he made that weird look with his face, too, with, with his lips all... Per- it was just weird. Yeah, that yeah. Because that's all you could see in yeah, his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in order in order to catch any emotion, he would have to over-exaggerate the lips. You know, normally you have the whole face, the whole facial features. You got the eyebrows and, and the cheeks and, mm-hmm. you know, your brow and everything's furled. And you can all, you know, you could take that whole picture of a person's face and say, oh, fuck, he's pissed. But in that movie, all you got's the lips. And a very neutral eye visor. So do you guys remember exactly what they replaced on him to make him more machine than man? What was still left to him that was still human beyond uh, only, his brain? Only his head basically his brain um, i think they had to do some like a uh, cybernetic stuff to his brain too i'm not yeah sure. they had to add shit to it too damn yeah. it what was the line from part two when no, i'm trying to think yeah of it too. the doctor lady you're not even enough to fit on a corner's table or something like yeah, that. yeah yeah she's like you're not even a corpse mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so little of you uh so at least for that know, original maybe they, kept, uh, maybe they kept his spine too i don't i'm not sure they never really do say in the remake he has his hand and his lungs and that's about right. it. Right, he's got his main organs, but nothing below the, like no stomach. He was pretty much lungs and a heart, mm-hmm. and that was just to keep the brain. And then they fed him the nutrients that he needed throughout the day, so that was kind of neat. I mean, and, uh, they, they agreed on total body prosthesis when uh, Robert Morton was like, "Hey, you know if they." Just put them together, and they still he still had his arm or whatever. And right, Robert Morton comes up. He's like, "Hey, we well, agreed on total body prosthesis." Mm-hmm. Right. This that would be 
that's that'd be worse than Vader. Like, right? Even Vader's mostly person. Yeah, but he's he's got a lot of junk in him. You're gonna be one bad motherfucker. <laughs> well, I mean, he's obviously got to have some kind of stomach, at least for the first one. For the baby food, the baby food, baby food. Right. So, like it said, it's never really stated what's left of him, but you have to take it from the context clues of the situation. He's obviously got a brain. He he's probably got a heart and a stomach. Well, yeah, because he's a good guy. <laughs> or maybe like weird, some, like some weird you. synthetic kind of. I don't know. Right. I mean, we could conjecture on it all yeah, day, yeah. but but still. So let's do that. So I <laughs> exactly. That's fine. So what's in baby food? Let's discuss. Let's experiment on Forrest right now. <laughs> <laughs> let's see how much we can take away from him and make him a robot. I need you to get shot by a criminal real quick. <laughs> Multiple on the right times. Yeah. We'll pause the recording. Let me know when it happens. <laughs> Can you text me? When it... All right, guys. <laughs> Here, get guy... shot real quick and then text me when it happens. I found a guy with shotgun. What do I do next? I don't know. Fucking yell insults at him. <laughs> hey, fuck face. <laughs> I don't know what it takes to get shot by a guy with a shotgun. Break into their house at night, I guess. <laughs> That'll do it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's for... We're just researching a movie. All right, open fire. <laughs> Make sure you get my hand and you have to go. Yeah, it's a Clarence Boddicker. See, I got this problem. I don't like cops. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to that situ- that whole that whole part of the movie, he's such an over the top villain. Yeah, just he he he's a dude. He's playing with his food is what he's doing there because he's gonna he knows he's gonna kill him. But come on, guys, let's have fun. Man, blow his hand off. Uh, so fucked up. I just like the hand. Lewis That's gets... the part that you're obsessed about. Like he's laying there, bleeding out, gonna die, and they shoot his hand off. That'd be the last thing I'd worry about. It's my hand gone. I, th- I think the the worst thing would be like, I'm dying. I'm gonna die. There, my At hand. That point, would you even feel your hand being blown off? No, right. probably not. Shock would have taken over. Mm-hmm. So In complete disbelief at the. This isn't real. It'd be very surrealistic. I bet. I just like how that all only went down because Lewis had to look at a black guy's junk. <laughs> yeah, because she screams over it, doesn't she? Well, it startles her. <laughs> no, not even that. He just—he's taking a leak, and she's like, "Freeze!" Can I zip up. Yeah, can zip? I zip up? And then she just has to take a look. <laughs> I, although I think in the situation, she wasn't necessarily looking for his dick. It was more like, "Is he lying to me? Does he got a weapon, or what's he?" Right. Well, he was oh, he sure does. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that caught me off guard. <laughs> Excuse me. I still remember when Ed 209 shot up uh, Kenny, the executive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember watching that on VHS. I just rewind and played back in slow motion. <laughs> you sick, sadistic bastard. Because <laughs> I kept thinking, man, is that is that his sternum? <laughs> How detailed is this? And, and you notice, what do they call those? The little exploding things? Squibs. 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 The over, was it just the 80s, I guess? But the gratuitous use of squibs in movies, like the guy would have a twenty-two pistol, and the the squibs would be like I don't know <laughs> grapefruit size, and the guy's covered in blood. And I'm like, it was a twenty-two. <laughs> Fucking throw a rock at him. Right, he threw pebbles at him. <laughs> it was a BB gun. It Come was on. ridiculous. I do know that RoboCop had like a record for squibs for a while. I believe. I actually think it did. I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah, Ed to a nine fucks that dude up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it, I mean, yeah, the, the thinking about it, the guy dies. I get it, and that's kind of a if you're in that universe, it's a sad, if, you know, that's a sad situation, I guess. But it's just so funny because he's like, hold the gun, at, point the gun at him. 
You know, and he's like, put the weapon down. You have 15 seconds to to comply. And he's like, I'd do what he say, son. Or I'd do what he says, son. He puts the gun down. It's like, you have 10 seconds to comply. It's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. What do you do? What do you do? You run. You run. Well, that's what he did. He tried. He tried. You're you're 100 stories up, and there's a killer robot counting down before he kills you. You run out of that room. Everyone's, like, pushing him away. Like, oh, my God. And he's like, oh. I don't know. It's just hilarious. Jump a trip to movie two for a sec. I, it's a three second scene, but I love how they poke so much fun at Ed 209 by having him get his foot stuck in a manhole. Yes, and they're talking about how the <laughs> the executives say the Ed 209 series may be put on hold. <laughs> no shit, because it's it's crap. But even the main villain in the first one said that because he you know he introduces RoboCop, and that just put his 209 program on fucking hold. So this whole movie is really about corporate, not necessarily greed, but that whole corporate one-upping tug of war. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's well, my program. <clears throat> you know, he even says, <clears throat> "Excuse me, you cost me millions of dollars just in parts alone." You know, because you're gonna have the police and the military buy thousands of these robots mm-hmm. that you know are shit, and you're gonna have the contract to fix them. I mean, the dude was writing his own check basically, but then this one guy comes up with RoboCop, and RoboCop comes in and starts cleaning up the fucking streets and there's just one of him. Yep. Re- Reaganomics on steroids is what I've heard uh, yes. corporate Basically, landscape yeah. in yes. that movie described as. Well, everything about that movie is... I want to say it's... Damn it, what's the word I'm looking for? Hand puppets? Yes. <laughs> for the for those that can't see us, I'm doing the hand puppet thing. So I'm thinking the Charizard. No. Fuck all y'all. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh... A spoof? Not spoof. Satire. Satire, thank you. Why was that word not coming to my fucking mind? Parody. But, you know, the beginning of the movie, it opens with the news clips. You know, and they're like, so the 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 jungle nuclear reactor blew its stack today, irradiating <laughs> millions of acres of forest. You know, naturalists call it a disaster. And then the other lady's like, don't they always? You know, it's like, it's just, we don't give a shit, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, it. I don't know, it. that part still feels relevant today, that they, they can have that satire on the news talking about, because we grew up on that shit, that every night in the fucking news, uh, Bill Hicks, the comedian, talks about that, he's like, what happens when we get on CNN? War, famine, disease, AIDS, depression. Recession. Recession. Yeah. War, famine, disease. <laughs> it's 24 hours a day. And I open my window and all I hear is... <laughs> Crickets. Crickets chirp, but he's like, where's all this happening at? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the satire of that whole universe that exists is way over the top, but I don't know, to me, in a way, it feels eerily accurate. Um, to kind of hit the bullet points of RoboCop, he's a cop, he pretty much gets, well, everything but killed. I mean, he... They destroy his body. They resurrect him into a machine slash man. More machine than man. He goes out on a mission to clean the streets. Right. Become the perfect cop. The cop that didn't need to sleep. The cop that didn't need to stop. The cop we don't deserve, but the cop we need. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And shit goes awry from there. Well, he, he runs... Everything's going fine until he runs into one of the people that helped kill him. Right. And then the memories start coming back. Which, of course, the experts are like, that shouldn't be happening. We deleted all his memories. He shouldn't remember any of this. But he remembers everything eventually. Right. To the point where he even remembers his family, as you guys mm-hmm. were discussing earlier. 
So, of course, there's bugs in the Matrix, if you will. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And, and eventually he comes to find out that the people that are his creators were also the ones who are in charge of the destruction of the land that he lives in. Right. Eventually, you know, he finds out that the God that he knows is not the God that he wants to know. Right. And, you know, he has to rage a war against OCPD. Well, not even the P- the the police, police department, department, but the the company that owns the police department, basically. Right. You could you you could almost call it a shadow government. <clears throat> Correct. If you wanted to. What I love is how even if he kind of figures that OCP is corrupt in the first movie, he doesn't ever really take them on. He's only after Dick Jones. Right. It's not till RoboCop two that he kind of sorts the start go after him. Right. Right. Although that's that will get to it when we get to it. Right. I like how there's like a tension between OCP and the and the police force. Mm-hmm. All throughout all the movies. Right. And no, I, I like that, especially. Well, yeah, because um, they own the cops. A, a corporation owns the cops. Well, they don't... And Detroit. And Detroit. They are owning Detroit because they've been buying up property. <clears throat> and then, of course, they purposefully loan the city of Detroit money to get out of debt, mm-hmm. knowing they can't pay it back. That way, they when they default on the loan, they default... On Detroit itself, because yep. for some reason the mayor was like, "Oh, it's a good idea to use the city as collateral." <laughs> Man, that it. sounds completely familiar to not something that's happened in today's <laughs> current economic <Right>? situation. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I'll ask JD a question. Um, you were talking about the guy getting killed by Ed Two Hundred Nine. What are some of the major points from the first one that really stick out to you? That have, like, always been... Uh, The toxic waste guy. Ah, (laughs) Yeah! Yes! (laughs) Exactly. So, for those... Oh, and when he takes, like, like later on, like, the last act of the movie, when he takes his helmet off and you see his face... Oh, and you can see the the robot parts, and you can even see the bullet hole from where they shot him in the head is still there, kind of. Yep. And that's when his, like, voice becomes normal. Before, it was all... Right. It was all machine-y. Yeah. You know, and his voice patterns. So, you know, it was uh, RoboCop's human side. It it was him, like we talked about. I'm I'm rambling, I'm sorry. But, you know, you had the guy who's a family man, he's a cop. He dies. To the world, he's dead. And the cops technically own his body after death because of the the lease they have on the police station or whatever. I could be saying that wrong. You're so, not entirely wrong now. So they can do whatever they want to him. Mm-hmm. And since he's deceased, his remains belong to OCP, so they're like, well, he's still half alive. Let's declare him dead. We'll make a rope. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a guy that loses his identity. And then, like we said, the scene in the house where he, he's realizing what he's lost. And he's coming to... And he's not really coming to terms with it yet, but that's the part of the movie because then he has to struggle... Not only with getting revenge for what happened to him and the people that did it to him, but also coming to terms with the fact that he can't go back. And that there was a part of him that was police officer through and through. Mm-hmm. So, and even in part two, they discuss that. Because there's a scene in the sequel where they, they try to copy the success of RoboCop, <laughs> and they make the two disasters that come out. $90 million. <laughs> they basically commit suicide. Both robots come out on their grand release day and then kill themselves. And one of them even takes mm-hmm. a couple people with him. 
Stomp or I'll shoot. Stomp or I'll shoot. <laughs> you know, so, and she even says, we're trying to replicate why Alex Murphy, the police officer, was able to survive his whole ordeal and still be put into a robot body and still flourish. And she says it was things like, you know, he's a devout Catholic, a family mm-hmm. man, a police officer. He comes from a family of cops. So she says basically in his psyche was embedded a great deal of duty. Mm-hmm. Like you have things to do in this world. So for him to go to the situation he did and still be able to come to terms with it was part of who he was. These other people were volunteers that may not have had exactly Alec Murphy's complete viewpoint of the world as he did. I wonder if he's still Catholic. Alex, oh, Robocop? Sure. Once you're Catholic, you're always Catholic. <laughs> so. It's like Scientology, they don't let you go. No, not really. Unless you're super rich. You gotta keep paying to stay in Scientology. In, in, the, in the spotlight. Don't kill us. Anyway... <laughs> You, you have to take a movie like RoboCop though, and realize it's, it's another one of those movies that you know you could sit and pick apart and pull apart, and there's a lot of flaws to it. But it is another one of those completely fun sci-fi movies. It is, it's not necessarily mindless, but there is a lot of cheese in it. Uh, the I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> uh, you know, I've heard that. A hundred and one times. It's still used to this day. Yeah. You can't go any... I mean, if you were to quote that line to people, they they will know exactly what movie that's from. And they may not even know what movie, but they know they've heard it before. Right. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. What I love is how that's such a big, widely recognized phrase, but it's from a fucking TV show inside (laughs) of a movie. And, you know, owned by a corporation. Like That's pretty meta. (laughs) Yeah, it is pretty meta. (laughs) Wasn't there a board game? thermonuclear war yeah Yeah. Uh, i don't remember what they called it that was i think it was what they called it thermonuclear war no they called the was it called something else it was called nukem yes yes. okay yeah and the whole family yeah they're sitting around the table playing for the whole family (laughs) (laughs) nukem (laughs) i'll deploy my troops to the western border that's it yep (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he's like oh yeah (laughs) the the guy's like looks like tensions have broke down or Diplomacy has failed. <laughs> so a bomb goes off on the game board. Everyone's like, yay! I love it. I wish I would have sat down and watched this movie here recently after you know we decided we were going to record it. Because, I mean, there is a lot of cheese to it like that that I just can't remember right off the top of my head. But that is still cool. stuff that, that is stuck in my head all these years. Seeing that movie is that those small moments like that. And it reminds me kind of of Starship Troopers. Right. You remember how Starship Troopers is just like, join now! Mm-hmm. Well, Starship Troopers is very heavily um, fascist. Right. It was also directed by the same guy. Paul Verhoeven directed yes, both movies. Was. Yes, it was. So, yeah. You, yeah, that's his, that's his style. Yeah, that is definitely his over-the-top, wacky, in-your-face, mm-hmm. This you know, this completely satirical element to it. But at the end of it, you, you can sit down and enjoy. Right. The world well, that surrounds it. Starship Troopers, I mean... It that, makes fascism fun. Dude, that... Join I the mean, army. You'll love your life. That movie's crap, but I love it. It's not crap. It's kind of It's kind of crap. It is You'll the, die by my hand. It is heavy-handed <laughs> the that whole way deny. through. But, I mean, I've seen it a thousand times. Oh, yeah. I love Starship Troopers, even yeah, though... CGI holds up pretty well, too. I mean, yeah, most it, of it, it does. Yeah, it does pretty good. Absolutely correct. So does Michael Ironside. 
Yeah. Like that, he's, just, he's so awesome. Yeah, Michael Ironside was really supposed to play RoboCop, too. Really? Yep. Well, what happened Peter Weller's just not nearly as cool now. Uh, he wasn't He wasn't thin enough for the suit, I think. I think that's what it was. Okay. That's right. I remember hearing something about that, yeah. That, dude, that would have been a completely different movie just by changing the, the lead Oh, my actor. God. Ar- Armand Asante uh, did a audition for that role, too. Wow. But he went apeshit. He's... <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. which brings us full circle because you were talking about what suit earlier. <laughs> yeah. So the original uh, working model sculpture they had was pretty uh, identical to Judge Dredd. And it was goofy but awesome looking at the same time. And who starred in Judge Dredd? Armand uh, well, That's crazy. Uh, oh shit! All right, it looks like it sounds like we're almost playing uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. Rob Schneider. <laughs> God, that's crazy. I didn't know that. I love how we cannot go a single podcast without bringing Judge Dredd up to you. I was getting ready to say we're going to yeah. become known as the Judge Dredd podcast. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Worth it. Can't help it. All right, get your lawgiver. <laughs> Who would want to fight the lawgiver or <laughs> Robocops? What is it called? The like we I wrote it up there. The ninety three R, the Beretta ninety three R, Robocops signature weapon. Well, modeled on. Man, I remember that. Right, modeled on. Um, every gun when I was a kid was Robocop's gun. It oh did, yeah. it didn't fucking matter. Yeah, yeah. A fully automatic <laughs> pistol. Oh yes. <laughs> Every gun. <laughs> I'm invincible, motherfuckers. Which, fun fact, the Beretta 93R is actually the gun from Code Veronica, Resident Evil. I think you were mentioning that. That's pretty kick-ass, too. And of course, the 50-round magazine capacity. Yeah. I buy it for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. I'm not buying it. Unless they're unless it's like uh, the interdimensional clips from Ultraviolet. Remember how she could reload her guns and they would like fall out of her wrists and refill the gun and she could have like millions of bullets or it's time lord technology smaller on the inside uh, t- oh time lord i was like what'd you say <laughs> i couldn't hear you i just go with magic you know like that i'm gonna shut up harry potter it happened gotcha expecto i'm done so since jd's the guest i'm gonna ask him more questions uh what's your shoe size Ten and a half. <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> Wait, how is that? Oh, Explain. sorry, I thought you meant my cock size. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> is this the part where I get down? I'm like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <laughs> You're worthy. You're worthy. Get up. Get up. <laughs> Man. So we, we completely skipped one of the things, uh, money for RoboCop 1. Yep, they've, they made money. No. <sighs> so I know we have it wrote up there, but I'll ask you. So how much, because you did the research for this. As the guest, we asked you to do the research for us because we're lazy. We really didn't want to do it is what it was. That's really the whole reason you're here. Correction. I informed them that I would do the research for it, but Josh was like, no, no, no. Let's let the guy who never is on the podcast do all the work. <laughs> One of the reasons I kind of leaned on it heavy-handed is because JD and I have always loved RoboCop. We okay, so more than you, Mark. That's fine. Part two came up in night came out in nineteen ninety, and we came up here for summer vacation that year. So JD and I went and seen that in theaters, and and that was like the first movie I'd seen since like ET. When I was a kid, oh, I almost shit. never went to the movie theater back right. then. Right, that was RoboCop Two you saw. 
Yes. That means you get to saw a kid about your age die. How do you feel about that? I thought it was awesome. The kid was running around. <laughs> kid was running around cussing, uh, fucking killing cops, and had a fucking lunchbox machine gun. And he was smart enough to know that he had the upper hand on RoboCop because he pulls a gun on RoboCop. Yep. He pulls his gun away. He's like, "Can't kill a kid, can you, fucker?" Bow <laughs> shoots him in the face. I'm like, "Damn, this kid is bad," you know. So of course, I wanted to be like that kid. Apparently, that movie got some backlash for killing a kid too. Oh, it got so much hate. Yeah, because critics, yes. critics hated it almost specifically yes, because of that. Because of the one scene, and of course, here I was about ten years old. And I'm like. That kid's amazing. <laughs> He's got a machine. He almost killed a lady cop. He used a groat wire. Is it a groat wire? Yeah. He used a groat wire on her. Almost killed her. Am you know, I, I'm like... You know, that gun reminded me of... Uh, Hobbs is awesome. that game Perfect Dark? Yes. The laptop gun. That's what that... Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cannot disagree with you there. Here, so. my dad wouldn't let me watch The Simpsons growing up because he was disrespectful to his parents. <laughs> 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 I think you never shows, saw South Park shit. It just shows you the stark contrast the way kids are raised. But yeah, I remember watching that movie in, in theaters and Josh was just talking the whole fucking time. Was I? Yeah. I don't remember that. Some much things never change. And then <laughs> years, later, years later we go to see Independence Day. And he talked which to was that like, too. I think yeah, because I think the only movies I saw in theaters then were saw Robocop two, then we went to see Independence Day because I was a you know six year time gap. Yeah. And uh, a part in Independence Day where the president's doing a speech. <laughs> we will not go quietly into the night, you know, and all that. And uh, president goes, uh, today we celebrate our Independence Day. And the whole theater's quiet, except for Josh. <laughs> Josh has pumps his fist up in the air. Well put! <laughs> I don't remember I'm that like, at all. I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm not with him. <laughs> as much as, I'm sorry. Who's this nerd next to me? <laughs> And that's the way it is with everybody that goes to the movies with Josh. <laughs> yeah, it gets embarrassing sometimes. <coughs> yeah, we went and saw the RoboCop remake, Josh and I, on uh, Valentine's Day the the year it came out. Mm-hmm. That was a fun. That was a fun time. We made out profusely afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it was Valentine's Day after. I don't. Remember, yeah. I don't remember that either. I remember we had a waitress named Bambi. I oh, we went to Cracker Barrel that night. We sure yep. did. That's funny because you say "bam." I'm like, I remember, yeah. Because <laughs> I wanted to ride her like a deer. And nothing like that at all. Just the name stuck out. Uh, okay, she flirted with me because my name is Forest. And, I'm Forest, and and she and Bambi wanted to go to the forest. That's exactly what she said. <laughs> Real, not even joking. <laughs> I kind of figured there was the dots. Basically, ET follows the Reese's. Pretty weird. Want to ask me a question? Oh yeah, uh, no. God, be the center of fucking attention. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even remember what I was going to ask. Now I completely forgot. Welcome to the derailing. Right, no shit. <laughs> Where we go off the rails completely. No, I don't even. Gamer remember. derailing advised. There you go. Exactly. It what? was money. It was money. It was money. Bring money. Yeah, RoboCop had a budget of thirteen million dollars in nineteen eighty-seven and made back fifty-three point four million billion. Damn. No. Made a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most successful film of all time. <laughs> it single-handedly got U.S. out of debt. <laughs> and it was the most successful movie of all time for the next 600 years. <laughs> That's a lot of money for one movie. Whatever. Bring money. <laughs> Especially on a budget of $13 million. That's crazy, though. I mean, that's a good return. 
I mean, I'm, I'm no expert, but for 1987, that's, yeah, that's a, a lot. That's a lot of money for 1987. $40 million dollar return. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the only reason it got a second kick. Uh, you well, 40 million bonus. You know, 40. They they profited 40 million off of it. Right. And honestly, 13 million in the 80s was a kind of a low budget. I was mean, it? I, I feel like it was. Because I feel like, you know, you'd imagine Predator had like a $25 million budget. And, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I gotcha. I can't I can't speak to that, honestly. Because you suck. We did the... Uh, we've done a few of these movie ones so far, and I can't even remember the budgets on the movies we talked about. <laughs> you look at number two. They spent 14 They only spent a million dollars more on it. And it grossed less than... The last one still grossed good though, forty-five million, forty-five and a half. But it's still, you know, the second one was at least profitable. And uh, what the fuck happened to number three? What? What are we talking about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, what was the competition for RoboCop Two, JD? I don't know. God, we ask you questions and you don't know the answers. What's uh, wrong with I'm you? Like, I have something. I have something wrote down here. Uh, C- C- Conan the Destroyer. That's what it was. In 1990, if Conan the Destroyer, Conan the Destroyer 2. What is best in life? Making money. <laughs> it was Spaceballs, the sequel. Answering the Riddle of Steel. <laughs> it was uh, History of the World Part 2. It was a good movie. Nothing? No. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We were just curious. I'm sure there was something. Terminator there. 2 wasn't out yet, so it had a fighting chance. Yeah. Right. No, 3 was just crap. I mean, that's all I can say on the Get matter. Back. It's not even a corpse. <laughs> Jetpack. 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 <laughs> what the fuck were they thinking? Don't Gotta know. sell toys to kids. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. They dropped the R rating for three. Yep. Yeah. PG thirteen. Yep. Was two R. Yeah. Two yeah. R. And one was R. definitely a hard mm-hmm. R. Yeah. I thought three was the one that they dropped it. So apparently, if you're gonna make a RoboCop film, it has to be rated R to make it. Hear that, people who made the remake. I remember when uh, Spike TV first came out. Right. They, they were running an advertisement. They were playing the RoboCop Marathon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for two movies? For three. Yeah, the guy was like, RoboCop, an American classic. <laughs> RoboCop 2, not a classic, but still pretty violent. <laughs> RoboCop 3, total crap. <laughs> Come watch it on our channel. Come watch the RoboCop Marathon. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Now, I remember years ago, you telling me that you gave money to help pay for a RoboCop statue to be built in Detroit. Yes. I want to know I more. Paid, I paid. It was a Kickstarter funding thing. Uh, I think it was the original target for the... Pr- for the project was they wanted fifty thousand dollars, and uh, they ended up raising like sixty-seven thousand dollars. Hell yeah! And if you spent, if you donated more than twenty-five dollars, I think it was, they sent you back a little RoboCop pin kind of thing, which I did get. I still have it some somewhere. Yeah, seems, far, very, seems very important to you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I paid thirty-five dollars for it. <laughs> Yeah, that that the statue has a kind of a tumultuous history. There's like 
is originally supposed to be only seven feet tall, but somebody botched up the casting process or whatever, then ended up uh, being nine hundred feet tall. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it's Godzilla. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big botch. And it ended up being uh, ten feet tall. Okay. That's and plus, there, awesome was, there was like copyright issues with MGM and Orion that they wouldn't that production production on the statue was put on hold off and on. Plus, the guy who the sculptor, the guy who designed it, he ended up with getting cancer halfway through it or something like that. Uh. So it's just one thing after another with that project. But as far as I know, the statue is done. It just It's just a matter of finding a place to display it. Okay. Which as of uh, May 2018, which is the latest information I can find on it, it was supposed to be displayed at the Michigan Science Center. But so go there. Who, see if it's there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell yeah, us. Somebody. Let us know. Let us know. <laughs> Please tell me, for the love of God. <laughs> it always. Did you guys ever see Fanboys? I think it was called Fanboys. Yeah. 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 Do you yeah. remember when they drive all the way to uh, Iowa or oh, yeah, Riverside, yeah. Iowa? Yeah. yeah, Iowa, and they go there, and then it's like, look, at, and they're looking at the Star Trek statues, and like, well, who's that? And he's like, well, it's Khan. It can, you can clearly see, and he's like, but we couldn't get the likeness rights from Ricardo uh, Montavon. He's like, the whores of Viacom wouldn't let us use their real likenesses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Don't remember statues that have a giant, like, cock chick? Yeah, 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 in the pan. And they, they couldn't stop staring at it. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were asking, like, so they didn't get the face likeness, but I wonder if everything else is correct. <laughs> Montavon, and that was his real chest in Star Trek Two. Yep, that was him. He, that is a sexy man. You, I'm sorry for all the times I saw that as a kid. I was like, that has to be a chess piece. <laughs> like it's it's because he had the necklace, and I was like, that'd be a perfect place mm-hmm. for like a seam or something. But no, that was his chest. He hit the gym before filming. Yeah, man, people, that's awesome. Sending off your spider senses, is it? A little bit. You see me. Tingling my giblets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we got a lot of, especially for JD and me, a lot of fun. I mean, even with Forrest, uh, so many fond memories of getting together and watching Robocop. Like, what do you want to watch? I don't know. Robocop? All right, cool. You know, and you just hoff, offhand put it in, but then halfway through, you're like, fuck yeah, he's going to get him! Mm-hmm. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> you get so psyched, you know, you're just so excited because the movies are so good. Uh, I will say I've seen RoboCop three exactly one time. Same here. And I bought it in a, a DVD trilogy pack like five years ago. I have that too. Yeah, I watched it once, took it outside, broke it into about <laughs> six pieces, and threw it into a burn pile and waited for it to burn. Man, I'm you, not even joking. Yeah, you, I, you hate it way more than I do. I just I hated to it watch it. <laughs> I own it. I own it on uh, Vudu. I bought a a, a pack. For like it was on sale for like twenty bucks one year, ten bucks or something, and I still haven't. I've watched part one and part two. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I love these movies; they're so good. What is <laughs> God, this? I wish there was a sequel. <laughs> what is this curse that's been bestowed upon me? There's one thing about part three I really do like. That's when the cops kind of rise up against OCP, right? Mm-hmm. And that I thought was like a a great payoff to the tensions I mentioned before in the previous two films where. The police force and OCP were not meshing well together. Right. Okay, RoboCop 3 is not an all-around bad movie. It has a couple good things in it, but the things it does bad, it does so unforgivably terribly 
that's why it's nearly unwatchable. Right. I think it's pretty well directed. He's got a jetpack. He has a jetpack. I don't know if you've heard that. <laughs> and his arm comes off and replaces it with a yeah. flamethrower. Yeah. A flamethrower machine gun shotgun mm-hmm. combo. I could not as soon as I seen the poster for it, I was like, no. <laughs> it was one of the few movies that I've looked at and I'm like, you know, no. I'm not giving us a chance because and it's sad to say, I, you're never supposed to judge a book by its cover, except when it comes to RoboCop 3. <laughs> except RoboCop 3. <laughs> I didn't like the actor in that movie either, who played RoboCop. Yeah, no, it, he's he doesn't do great. He does about as well as he can, but he's, I don't know. Also, they put a kid in there, and when you put a kid in a violent movie, it never fucking works out. Right. Well, and I think we, we were joking about it before we started recording, uh... You got RoboCop 1 and the Ed 209 robot. Mm-hmm. It nearly kills RoboCop. And at the end, he has to use the Cobra Assault Cannon. Love that thing. Which, yeah. that's an amazing scene. Hey, <laughs> <am> the toy! <laughs> so he, he kills Ed 209. And then in part 2, it's only shown in the beginning being an idiot. Mm-hmm. Being a sucky robot. And then in part 3, it's in front of a church, I guess. Or I think outside so, yeah. of a church. Yeah. And some little 8-year-old kid like walks up to the foot and hacks into it. <laughs> to deactivate it, but only after. No, it was that was a that was in front of the armory. Okay. So he wanted to get guns out of there. Uh, what I'm saying is, I've only seen the movie one time. It's in front of the church where uh, Anne Lewis got killed. I was gonna say because the character Lewis also dies. Lewis dies. Fuck yeah. that movie. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, she survived all that bullshit. She survived a fist fight with Kane, but fucking oh well, nope, she got shot. Uh, there's a group of people I follow on Facebook. See, and now that I'm trying to think of their name. I was going to save Kane for last, but... Okay. Um, it's a collectible company, and they released a few years ago a model of Kane, the RoboCop oh, 2 um, model. that was McFarlane, McFarlane Toys. No, this is a different oh. company, because they do, they do a bust for Terminator 2. NECA? No. Um, Chronicle. Chronicle Collectibles. <laughs> they put out real... High, their stuff's expensive, but it's very high quality. But anyway, they put out a Kane that's about... 12 or 14 inches tall. I mean, they want like 500 bucks for it, but it looks fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Can you feed a real nuke? If you want. <laughs> he, Kane is one of my all-time favorite robots, cyborgs. I this, think he might be yeah, my favorite. Man. Design. He's badass. Damn, he's amazing. We, we come back. that Okay, so you and I watched RoboCop 2, and then we went back down to Florida. I took a box that a tent came in and then I took a soda bottle and taped it to the box part because <laughs> it looked like the Gatlin gun on Kane's arm. <laughs> and so I could put my arm into this box and hold it like my arm was Kane's arm. And I just ran around my neighborhood going <laughs> for days. You shouldn't have done that. You should have run around and been like, Jesus had days like this. <laughs> <laughs> Hunted like an animal. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think Kane makes RoboCop 2 worth watching, personally. It, the whole character. not Yeah, not just the robot at the end. He's way over the top. That the, is the design made. is like the stuff in Nightmares, man. Oh, Dude, God. He's vicious. But he was meant to be. He was, yeah. meant, he was meant to put people down. Yeah, he if you it's don't know, machine. Kane is technically RoboCop 2. He is right. the upgraded RoboCop. He's supposed to replace RoboCop. Yeah. That's, that's why everyone, during the fight, there's a lull in the fight mm-hmm. of him and Kane. And everyone's like... Are you upset that you're about... Is this because you're going to be replaced by RoboCop? <laughs> or because you're going to be replaced? And, and and Murphy's just like... Just, just, just walking by. He doesn't care. Nope. 
you know. But I mean, that whole fight sequence, start to finish, is amazing. It's like a ten-minute-long brawl. They go up on top of a roof, down an elevator, into the sewer, back up again. Even RoboCop had to reload. Kane never reloaded. <laughs> <laughs> He's dropping millions of rounds into innocents and police alike. It never once did you see some kind of mechanism reload his chain gun. Okay. Where did he put all that ammo? I just don't know where he put his tiny itsy bitsy like spark arm, wherever the fuck that was for. Oh, they wrap around his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And they... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, exactly. Cause, so he could actually come at you from behind. Or if you tried to get him from behind, those arms... Because when Robocop jumps on him mm-hmm. on the, in the end of the film, he jumps on his back. Yeah. You can see those little arms trying to reach Robocop, which in my opinion... They should have been able to, but because the plot demands that <laughs> he can't, they of course can't reach. Well, it was too badass of a fight to begin with. Oh, I love Kane. I just want to know, and and you can you guys can tell us if you have an answer for me on our, our Facebook or Twitter. Who the fuck thinks it's a good idea to put a drug ad drug addicted drug lord into a seven foot robot? I think he was bigger than seven feet. Yeah, he's like. He might have been probably like ten. I was gonna, yeah, say, I was gonna say like thirteen. He's fucking huge. Well, I think, I think the idea was they're going to use the nuke to kind of control keep, him? keep him on a leash. Yeah, right, right. Because, but could you do that with a meth addict? Probably not. Well, I, I get that drugs fictional, but it's also the most addictive well, narcotic known to man. Right, but the point was that they could give it to him. He wouldn't have to do things that they didn't want him to because they would have him. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, I see your point because he's in a giant killing machine robot. Exactly. How could that? He could just take the fucking nuke. <laughs> well, if you notice, the whole time he's going after Robocop. He's not even thinking about nuke. He's mm-hmm. only trying to kill Robocop until Lewis pulls it out, and then he's right. Like, well, and then Robocop he's like, oh, "Yep, that's the shit I need right there." <laughs> Hook me up, girl. Hook me up. So, the Robocop jumps up from behind and pulls his brain out. Pulls his fucking <laughs> brain out and smashes it. Why does nobody like Robocop two again? <laughs> Did you guys realize that? Newmeyer and Miner were riding RoboCop 2 together. And they were actually adapting the screenplay for it. And because of a 1988 Writers Guild strike here in America, Newmeyer was unable to finish the screenplay to it. Okay. Do you know who they had finish it? Frank fucking Miller. Frank Miller. Yeah, we knew about that. Even cameos in it too. He's in it, yeah. Right. So you've got you've gotten a screenplay that's that's been taken over and let Frank Miller work on it. And I'm not saying Frank Miller's the cause or the reasoning behind you know the discrepancies for Robocop two. But you realize like anytime you switch hands or switch gears in any big project like that, a lot of times there's gonna be a good chance of failure. Like, I've never heard of a project going, yeah, well, they switched hands in the middle of it, and he saved the day. <laughs> yeah. He totally turned it around for him. There's not ever right. been like a, you know, a, it a Hail Mary. Happened, but it's not something you really hear about much. But Well, Frank's version, the studio deemed unfilmable, mm-hmm. because I guess it was just too crazy Extreme, yeah, yeah. and chaotic. But I know they took the idea of Nuke from it. Uh, I think the kid came from his version, too. Okay. <clears throat> well, you before we started recording and talking about it, JD mentioned RoboCop Returns. And we'll get to this to the, you know, the remake that they made back in was it 2014? Yes. We'll get to that in a second, but there is talks of 
the original RoboCop returning. And uh, from the Wikipedia page, it's still in... it As of June 29th of this year, Block Camp is still attached to it. Okay, okay. So... Uh, I heard he left in August. He did? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they were saying that it was going to ride out 2 and 3. It was going to be the sequel to the original RoboCop. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They've done and, that a lot lately. And they were saying yeah. that they were going to use the original RoboCop suit. They said it was going to be a 1 million percent original suit from RoboCop. Okay. 1 million percent. That's impressive. <laughs> that's what the that's what it says, but yeah, I kind of wonder if it's going to keep going forward. So, and he said the script's being written, it's going well, uh, and they imagined it being uh, uh, the Verhoeven follow-up film, what okay. he what he should have done for the second one. That's what Blockamp wanted to do, but if he's not attached to it anymore, I don't... I don't know who else they could get to fill his shoes, because Neil Blomkamp was an excellent choice. Yeah, they, yeah. they rehired a guy just recently by the name of uh, Abe Forsyth, who just did a film called Little Monsters, where they get to... Is a some kind of zombie movie. I don't know anything about that though. Hmm. Okay. Well, I I would like to see them give another stab at the RoboCop series. It's always felt like one of those franchises or you know series that had a lot of potential, but it wasn't given the right hand. Mm-hmm. In the, the well, right and hands. that was part of the issue with the sequel um, that Peter Weller had because there was no to, to Peter Weller's idea of the character. There was no emotional attachment. There was no character growth for RoboCop. This was just something that kind of happened to him and didn't necessarily change him. In he, part two? Yeah, in the sequel. He uh, was he was just there for the events. I think they dropped the ball. As, as much as we love RoboCop 2, they screwed up majorly in one scene, and that's when he gets to talk to his wife finally. Right. His wife does learn that he is technically still alive. Well, he's been stalking her. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's been stalking <laughs> her, like watching her, and she, she picks up on that. So OCP's like, you're a machine. You are property. You don't even have a signature. You are ours. Mm-hmm. Tell this woman you are not her husband. And he does, and that's the end of it. And that's ten minutes in the movie. I think it could have been a great movie if they put that scene at the very end. Okay. I think she should have come back and helped out in some way. Because then that first scene would have had a purpose. Well, And he could have had an arc. You could have fell into the trap where Kane goes after the loved ones and uses them as bait, and then it just would have been... That would have been kind of lame, yeah. Yeah, it would have been cheesy. It would have been cheese. But if there was a good writer attached to it, Josh... <laughs> Maybe you forgot, this is RoboCop. There is some cheese to RoboCop. <laughs> well, there's no lie on that. Just scrape the cheese off and let's go. Mm-hmm. But you think, too, they kind of went with that arc. He does see his wife in the remake... Like his, he does get to. They're more attached to the whole thing. Yes. Uh, How do you guys feel about the remake? I hate the black suit. I love the silver suit. Michael Keaton was okay, and uh, Ed Two and Nine was underutilized. All right, we're done with Forrest. Thanks for coming (laughs) by. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. It was better than I thought it would be when I first saw it. Mm -hmm. I I didn't care for the black suit either. I just thought he looked like a guy in a in a black suit. suit. Yeah. He looked like Iron Man, which I guess is what they were going for. The silver classic style suit he was in, that was awesome. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. That was, like, perfect. I kind of wonder, too, like, were we supposed to get a sequel from that? 
Were, were they going to make it a franchise out of that, or was know. it just a standalone? I, would, I mean, you would think if they've already done three movies, and there's also been uh, comics, there's been toys, there's been a series, an animated series, and a miniseries over the decades, I would assume they were hoping that it would do good enough to warrant a sequel. Which it did. It, it, it did, did really pretty well. well. I mean, mm-hmm. they made it for $100 million, but it got back almost $243 million. Right. I, and I would have thought for sure they would have greenlit a sequel. That, that's two and a half times what you put into it. But you got to think about every movie since 2009 has mm-hmm. been fighting against Marvel. They want Marvel money. They want it yeah. where the movies are grossing seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars. So when you only double your money, mm-hmm. you know you're trying to come up with a Marvel killer is what they want, and it's like it's just it, that juggernaut is unstoppable, you know. So it's. I think that's part of it. They put so much Wrong money into way. it. And then, of course, in today's day and age, even back as far as 2014, everyone's got their say in it. Mm-hmm. I think this sucks. This was cool. That was lame. And then everyone's like, well, I'll just wait till it comes out on Pirate Bay and I'll just download it and I'll watch it then. <laughs> <laughs> there is one problem I had with the movie, really, and that was uh, I, I didn't like the villain. Not not Michael Keaton, but uh, Jack Haley. I think that's his name. The criminal guy that he goes after. Yeah. No, he's not even a criminal. He's just, he's the guy who's training RoboCop. Yeah. And I I don't like oh, his character. Doctor. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, he played Freddy Krueger in the remake. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rorschach. He played Rorschach. Yeah, yeah. Jackie yeah. Earl Haley. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Well, I see your point on that. I, I do like how he, when he's training him, he plays Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz. I got a kick out of that. Well, he's not really training him. He's testing him. Same difference. And but, it's also not a biased test because he's already mm-hmm. against him. From the very beginning, he's like, no, fuck this guy. I yeah. don't want him succeeding. So, that's, that's already, so, of course, they did that for the character because the character now has to overcome this bias against this guy. But he never does. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Get it out of my RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> he would have made a great Clarence Boniker, though, I think, if they'd gone that route. I don't know, man. The original, he was a fucking tour de force <laughs> in that movie, dude. Well, if you notice, there's a part in the remake where they're doing, well, we did focus groups. We call this form tank mode, and uh-huh. it looks like the old version, and they're like, it did really well with focus groups. <laughs> and he's like, nah, we're not doing that. The people don't know what they want until you give them what they want. That kind of corporate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The corporate mentality. Bullshit. Yeah. I do like how he had one human hand and that's about it. Well. I think that's like a, a reverse uh, Moby Dick complex they're going on like in Rathacon. I like it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the remake. Uh, I like the black suit. Um, I did get, I had to warm up to it, how the visor stays up so you can see his full face. Until combat, till combat or the situation escalates, then the visor comes down. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think that's kick-ass, but I also hate the fact that you can see his face the whole time. Yeah, it's just it's just a nitpick. It's not anything that really, excuse me, changes my personal view on the entire movie. But that um, was supposed to give him a human, the human perspective when dealing with civilians and stuff like that too. Like, oh, he's not just a cop. He's also. There's a human form to him, too, you know, so right. he's not just a complete... This isn't a robot saving me. This is a man in a suit saving right, me. Right, right. You know? This is a cyborg. He's still a human brain, and he's still a person. Right. Yeah, he's, he's a superhero he's, now. Well, and that was the whole point of the of the movie, 
was that the the United States military was using robots overseas, but robots were illegal in America. Mm-hmm. Because the American people didn't want robots marching on their streets like they were everywhere else. So they're trying to they're trying to find loopholes by putting a cyborg in as a cop. But well, in the back of his brain, we're going to have a computer that still keeps nah. us in charge. And and that was the thing. It cuz it did harken a callback to the first one where he has to overcome that programming. Directive 4, yeah. Right. He has to overcome that and and reclaim his humanity and say, "Well, I'm still this robot suit." I can't pork my wife anymore, but I'm still a cop, you know? So, it, all stories have to have the human element. I mean, that's why most science fiction stories are good. Mm-hmm. Because we use the idea of alien races, the Klingons and the Romulans. You know, the Romulans are imperialistic. The Klingons are warriors. They're a warrior race. Yeah, it's people in, it's people in prosthetics, and it's all made up. But we use these situations and these fake races... To examine ourselves from a from a different perspective. I get that. It it the remake just kind of shoves it down your throat. I'm like, oh, he's still human, no matter what he looks like or what you right, think. He's still human, right. okay. no matter what. He's still got a wife and a kid. He's still human. And you guys seen that movie way more than I have. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen about three or four times. I've seen it once, but it's still it. Well, I guess I definitely just, thought about it more than you. <laughs> all I remember was better than part three and. <laughs> It is much better than that. Pop made three. me happy. There's like a there's a picture of you on the wall. You're just like thumbs up with a big smile. You're like, yeah. <laughs> so, Mister Irby, what do you think? It was better than part three. It's got my vote. <laughs> better than the cartoon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Speaking of the cartoon, you were mentioning earlier there was two different cartoons, correct? Yep. And do you do you know how long they ran or anything like that? <laughs> One season each. Too long. Wow. They really had the faith in that. The second one, which was called RoboCop Alpha Commando, had the best theme song (laughs) in the history of theme songs. I believe Mark is going to look that up, and that's that's going to be the opening music for the podcast, (laughs) is that theme song. We will try anyway. (laughs) The lyrical content will blow your mind. (laughs) I feel like I'm being trolled. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to listen to it, and it's not going to be what you say it is. And I'll be like, oh, he got me again. Oh, that pesky JD. Got me again. I still can't get over the fact that... Okay, so Terminator, the sequel to T2, technically now, is Dark Fate. That's the way, way they push the franchise, which I have not seen Dark Fate yet. Well, they did the same thing with Terminator Genesis, and, well, that's not the true sequel anymore. Yeah. Until it, the next true sequel comes along. <clears throat> which... I'm. I ruined myself on Dark Fate before I even got a chance to see it, okay. so I don't know if I'll ever watch it. Just because of one sequence in it, it just completely looks like it. it Terminator Two should have never even happened then. Like if, if, okay. if okay. what I know of Dark Fate T mm-hmm. Two, basically they just wrote they just rewrote Terminator Two in a way. So it's like, well, we've got Terminator and we've got Terminator th- Dark Fate. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, um. My problem, whenever they go back and say, these movies no longer exist in a series like that, versus starting over, it's really, really hard for me to to let them go forward like that. Because sometimes when they do write out some stuff, they kind of step on their own toes in the end. Like, you know, what 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 if when they release this this next RoboCop Returns... 
what if it's, you know, it steps on a lot of the foot that mm-hmm. the original RoboCop gave us. And that's always my worry. Whenever they try to write out what they've already done, that is a big fear of mine from now on. And it's right. ter- Terminator was just, you know, the easiest fruit to pluck from. But other series and franchises and stuff like that have done the same. Ghostbusters is getting ready to do the same soon whenever they release, or if they release the next Ghostbusters film. They'll write the, uh, what was it, 2015 or 16? I don't remember. The Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. girl power, Ghostbusters. It'll be completely wrote out then. So I, I kind of wonder, like, what makes these companies think that we need to go back in and tinker with our own timeline and you know what I mean? That would, you know, Robo, like if they made a new Back to the Future, and they said, "Well, technically, it's going to ride out Back to the Future 3. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people complain about Back to the Future Three, but I love Back to the Future Three. I, I enjoyed think it's it. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, and and no one's ever. It's never been like a hot topic of <gasps> you guys like Back to the Future Three. Back to the Future is a complete trilogy. It should never be tampered with. Everyone that ever says they need another one should not. Don't tamper with it. Mm-hmm. It's in that same vein of Princess Bride. Yeah. We don't need it. Just leave it alone. Yeah. I think it goes kind of goes back to, you know, us being kids, watching movies, and, and you know, I think we all had those discussions at one time or another, like, yeah, that was a cool movie, but if they did this instead of this. Uh-huh. Right, right. And now all those kids are growing up, and now they're making movies, and like, yeah, we're going to do, we're going to do this now. I gotcha. Well, and then, like you're saying, too. You're fucking ten. You think you think your idea <laughs> yeah. you think your idea is fucking amazing and mind blowing, but really, you know, if you were to put it to film, it'd be like, this is shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone's watching it like, did a ten year old write this? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but no, then it was all, Frank Miller. Then all of a sudden, you know, the Terminators are fighting, and then Godzilla crashes through the building <laughs> and kills them all. But did you, sorry, did we, you take a peek at my fan fiction? <laughs> we couldn't do it because we couldn't get the licensing rights. Right. Sorry, no Godzilla. Oh, just wait until Disney buys out. Star Trek, I have a crossover for Paramount Star Trek Pictures. And Star Wars, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's time for that Magic Castle to burn if that ever happens. You can quote me on that. No, don't quote him on that. So anyway, <laughs> we, no, we're okay. You, Disney, we we love you. Please. All hail Skynet. <laughs> we love you. We love money. Uh, uh, feed us more. Please don't delete us. Right from existence. But I, you know. There are some things that need to be kind of left under glass. Like, this is complete. This work of art is done. We will not tamper with it. That's how I was with Ghostbusters. Why were people trying so hard to get a third one made? The first two are fine. Right. The first one is amazing. It's not like it's, you know, a fucking groundbreaking new idea. That's. I guess that's kind of the bad thing. Whenever you set a company in the motion of anything that, that is successful... If you find a movie that is successful, they will want to churn out more money from it. The original Ghostbusters is one of those films that you could have left it alone at that. It was an amazing film, and that is that. They could have left it at just that. And they made the second one, and it did not go over very well. Because it was right. the same freaking movie. Same right. exact movie. It was a, Yeah, it was very similar. Um, I don't know. Because it, it's kind of worthy of... A podcast too, the Ghostbusters movies. Um, I still refuse to see the the new one, so I'm I'm not gonna. I mean, you're not missing no. anything. I th- I, oh, I know. That's why I'm not saying it. I think the thing that made me uh, very upset about the f- how should I put it the female Ghostbusters Ghostbusters three. It was the fact that they were trying something. 
And they were trying to make something that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And they expected it to do fan service in a new light and cover new ground at the same time. But really, you're when you take a franchise that everyone loves and try to turn it into something that it is not, then you are not doing what everyone wants. You're not doing the thing that people love. You're just putting your name on something that sold really well before mm-hmm. right? and expecting people to gobble it up. And when they don't gobble it up, then you're like, well, you guys didn't do it because you're sexist or you didn't do it because uh-huh. you, you know, you guys are sexists. And that's, you know? that's why people are saying the new Charlie's Angel failed because nobody wants to see female lead characters in their movies. Um, Clearly. I was busy. <laughs> that's why I didn't see it. And I just didn't care. I didn't even know it was coming out. I, I saw knew it existed, but the the other ones with Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu and Drew Barrymore. I saw both of them in theaters because those you characters they were relatable. Those three actresses are relatable in a way. You know, Drew Barrymore isn't just a pretty lady. She's, she's funny. Yeah, she's funny. She can be funny, and she's got personality. But she's a great actress. She's and, an actress. She's been an actress since she was five. And we grew up with her. Right. That's the other part too. Right. She's relatable and likable. She's had missteps in Hollywood. She's had her low spots. She's had her high spots. And everyone has seen that. So for you to herald or or to you know to trumpet in somebody like her in a film. People are more willing to go watch a, f- a movie like that. And that was back in 2000, early 2000s that yeah, those movies came out. out. And those sold well. So it is 2019. The world has become, quote unquote, more woke. And they didn't go watch it because we're all sexist. Mm-hmm. In 2019. So you're saying 2000, the year 2000. We were... What, what what what? Why did people go watch it in two thousand or mm-hmm. whenever those others were coming out? Why did people flock to go see fucking Tomb Raider? It wasn't right. that great of a movie, but it it made a lot of money, right? And now all of a sudden, you know, one one or two movies, Ghostbusters and and Charlie's Angels, didn't do well, and it's because we're pigs, mm-hmm. and that that always kind of puts a little burr in my side, you know? <coughs> yeah, people. Excuse me. I don't get why people think that we don't want female heroes. People are all over Ellen Ripley from Alien. Fuck the Sarah, yes. The most, Sarah Connor. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Like, who... D- I understand. <laughs> it's and, just tough, man. And, I mean, especially in Ripley's character, she is... She's not a hero. Mm-hmm. She's a fucking freighter pilot. She's a semi-truck driver in space. She's just trying to get home near to see her kid on her birthday. She's just one hell of a survivor, that's it. I mean, exactly, but, she, you know, mm-hmm. exactly. Her motivation but, is very relatable. Right, it's survivability. And, but she also, there's a little bit of revenge when she meets well, the queen. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I mean, but I mean. Towards the second one, yes. Right. But yes, she is a survivor and she will do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And I mean, also too, it's not it's not like a blockbuster action flick. I mean, part two was kind of. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I lost my train of thought on that one. The but first, I, mean, I love f- Ripley. She's amazing. The first two thirds of that film, that movie could have went anywhere. When you're sitting down watching the first Alien movie, it's got such a you know open atmosphere as far as who's the main character. It doesn't really yeah. pinpoint that. You never find out until pretty much the end. Right? Yeah, it's not till the ending that you're realizing it's Ripley. And people, you know, realize, <laughs> okay, Aliens comes out. Aliens knocks one out of the park whenever it comes out, the second Alien film. 
And you look at that and you know people had to know that it was going to be Ripley coming back. Right. She carried that movie. You knew that this was the, the case. So where, where you know, this was in the 70s and in the, in the 80s. You know, Alien, Alien came out in what, 79? 79, yes. And we had Aliens in 80... Was it 83? Don't recall. I can't remember now. But you still have a woman carrying the movie, and it was highly successful. Mm-hmm. And for the, for people to come around and say, like, oh, you know, it's because of this or that, it's it has nothing to do with it. If you want people to go watch your movie, make a good fucking movie. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's, what, that's well, the bottom line. And I was going to bring that up because most of my complaints about the Ghostbusters movie, Joe, JD and I were talking about this last night, is a lot of it is the writing. There's a part where um, Kirsten Wiig's character is attacking the mayor. She's like, oh my god, there's monsters and ghosts, and it's, it's gonna be the end of everything. And she's attack- She's like in a restaurant making a scene. And then later on in the movie, she just shows up. They're like, oh no, we're getting defeated because we're not a full team. We need our fourth member. And then she's just there. There's no real scene. I escaped somehow. Right, yeah. I, exactly. <laughs> I escaped somehow. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> There's nothing explaining what changed her mind, what made her become a bigger person, what what made her realize that her friends needed her, you know? Uh, this is partly, I'm partly to blame for this. I should take responsibility and help save the world. There was none of that. She's just there freaking out. Next scene, she just shows up like a hero. What happened? But, you know, to turn this back into a RoboCop podcast... <laughs> People went and seen the first RoboCop movie. People went and seen the second RoboCop movie. But guess what? They didn't go see the third one. And they didn't have anything to do with people hated men. It's because that movie was shit. It is very shit. <laughs> and even, even to keep it in RoboCop, she's not the main character, but nobody can deny that Ann Lewis is a fucking badass. She's an, as a police officer, she's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The first scene you see her in, she kicks the shit out of a dude who's trying to, you know, break free. First yeah. fucking thing she does, beats the shit out yeah, of a guy in, twice her size. In the precinct, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're trying to book a guy, and mm-hmm. she's like, get the fuck down. Bam. I remember my mom telling me, after we saw, like, RoboCop 2 or whatever, and she's like, I would have thought that for the sequel, they would have made Ann Lewis into a RoboCop. <laughs> okay. I, I was like, well, yeah, she did get shot up at the end of the first one, so oh, yeah, yeah, they, right. they could have went that direction. They could have. And then he, they they could have steamy hot robot sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let their, their cod pieces bump. Discharge. Electric spark. That's a big pistol you have there. It's my Beretta Auto 9. I just went full-on ridiculous. It reminded me of Son of the Mask. Son oh, of the Robots. <laughs> Never seen oh, it. Oh, God. Don't. I, think, I, think I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it more than any human ever should have because it was on HBO a lot. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I just remember the cover art for it. I actually watched The Mask the other day. Um, back to the Robocop, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Most of the scenes with Peter Weller, when you only see his top half, he's walking around in underwear. And he's not wearing the bottom half of the suit. Well, fuck, that thing was probably hot. <laughs> it, that was probably yeah, he, he lost heavy. a lot of weight doing that movie. Yes, yes. I was... think it took like 8 to 12 hours just to put the whole suit on. Motherfucker. Yeah. I would just come in like, all right, I'm going to sleep. You guys get me ready. <laughs> yeah, you just kiss your wife and kids like, I'll be back in six months. <laughs> I won't have time I get, to... I guess uh, Peter Weller started out doing that movie uh, in Method. 
Like whenever other actors would, you know, talk, try to talk to me, or he's like, "My name's RoboCop." Right, <laughs> right. You know, Stay careful. Okay. The whole time. But, okay. They, but they were like teasing him endlessly, and eventually, <laughs> eventually, Peter Weller just like Aww. gave up on it. Yeah. Oh, poor Peter <laughs> yeah. Weller no. broke his Robo heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think that's in the interviews of that three disc uh, DVD. Okay. We got nice. I'd like to check some of that stuff out because I. I that's what people like. They like to hear the behind-the-scenes stories. They like to hear stories. People like to hear stuff I, like I guess Peter Weller, to get in preparation for the first RoboCop, I think he was teaching an acting class while he was describing this, but he was talking about how he didn't know how to move in this big, bulky suit. He like he knew how to walk in it, but he didn't know how to sell the part. Right, right. So he ended up going to, to some kind of mime specialist or something, and he's like, oh, you're playing a big fucking robot, right? Like, yeah. Move like a big fucking robot. <laughs> so he taught him, you know, how to move his joints, make him stiff, move very robotically, you know, stiff. I used to walk around like Robocop in my house and make the make the sound. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mother. What is for dinner? She's like, have you done your homework yet? The assignment has been completed. <laughs> I mean, what do kids do? That's what you do. Right. I mean, it was yesterday, but... I mean, she'll get over it one of these days. My my work homework. <laughs> Kane, let's step outside. I want to say that to a kid. Or, yeah. So many great one-liners. Your mama. Which just so happens to be his mama, so it would be like him Our saying mama. my mama. She's a hoe. Big mama. <laughs> Feelings hurt. Yeah, so uh, especially <laughs> in the scenes where he's driving, he doesn't have the lower half on. Because it was physically impossible for him to be in the full suit and be in the cop car to drive it. And now you'll never under unsee that or unimagine You'll always that. wonder if he's got his... <laughs> Do you remember the car of the future? Do you remember what he drove? Ford Taurus. Ford Taurus. Well, Damn they were skippy. Tauruses. They weren't shows. For those who don't know, no car people. Uh, super. The super high output. Yeah. There was a, a performance Ford Taurus out. They were pretty amazing cars. The show was. Oh, it was a V8 twisted sideways, yeah. Yeah, and the intake manifold was plastic, and it was biplane. So if you were trying to cruise down the road, it had a metal flap in it that would let air in through one way. But then when you tried to gas it, it would flip over inside the intake manifold and turn it into a high-performance intake manifold. And then up the fuel. You just lost half of our viewership. <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. All six of them left. <laughs> We're down to three. Please don't leave us. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. The Ford Taurus. Uh, I loved it because they were matte. They were... Um, I, I love Like a matte gray, black. weren't yeah, they? The, no, black. Yeah. Or they black. were black. Okay. Like flat black, yeah. Flat black, a matte color. Pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Beautiful cars. What was the car in the... the movie itself the rx 9000 what the hell was that oh i don't even remember the 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 one from part one was a big old black lincoln looking car i can't i just remember the the commercial for it is it's being chased through the streets and a fucking t-rex shows up and his eyes bulge like yeah (laughs) because he's yeah the the dinosaurs attack in the city and then it gets scared of the giant car Mm -hmm. yeah i can't remember the name of that car now i like the advertisement i bought you monstrosity with the with the ozone layer completely depleted, yeah. <laughs> they had this like sunblock nine thousand, sunblock five thousand. This camera just may cause cancer. <laughs> <laughs> it's this horrible, ugly blue green goo. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Oh. Ever since we lost the ozone layer, 
Oh, ridiculous. To prevent, you... to prevent skin cancer, take this product that causes skin cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. But, I mean, that falls back into the into the satire part of the movie. Yeah. Well, which carries over with Star... Well, uh, see, he also worked on Total Recall, too. Yep. I mean, that all... That feels like another one of those ham-fisted movies. Good, but, I mean, still ham-fisted and stuff. But what do you... Get your ass to Mars. He drove the car. He drove the Ford Taurus in, in the original. And in the sequel, well, the remake, I should call it, he had a bike. No. He didn't have a bike? He had a bike, but no. You don't like the bike? Oh. I don't like the bike. Oh. It was very goofy. It bike looked, be gone. Bike be gone. You'd rather him drive around in a Ford I POS? The was yes, pretty, yes, I would. I thought the bike was pretty kick-ass. It had the kickstands that would kick down for him so he could climb off. But if you notice, it was the same thing with the suit. You never saw him get off the bike. It was you'd see him pull up and start to move like he, excuse me, like he was getting off. But then the scene would cut, and then it would show him walking because I guess it was hard to get off and on that. Oh, bike. that reminds me of that part in part two. Where Robocop steals that Harley. Yeah, and he rams into Kane in that truck or whatever. That armored yeah. car. <laughs> That brief moment you saw Robocop on that motorcycle, I was like, okay, my life is complete now. <laughs> the most awesome thing I've ever seen. <laughs> if I was to die right now, I would go in peace. Too, another thing about Robocop, too, is that it had the most badass opening hero reveal ever. It was pretty fucking oh, sweet. Had, yeah. rob- had those the guys, guys robbing that gun store, and they hear they're talking about how all the cops are on strike, so no one's going to bother them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And but then off in the distance, you hear like sirens of like one. Solo One car. single Ford Taurus. <laughs> yeah, they had to know. <laughs> yeah. They had to know. Yeah. And they blow up the fucking car, and he just like, well, that was inconvenient. <laughs> fucking they shoot, they blow it up three times. Yes. They shoot it with three a rocket launcher yes. twice. Yes, and shoot it up, it explodes. <laughs> then as the door creaks open, Robocop's foot steps out. Yep, yep. Man, that was badass. It's pretty amazing. I always used to wonder, like, how come his chin didn't get burned up? That's a lot of fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of fire. <laughs> Even for a robot, he's yeah. got a little bit of skin showing. Surely, can I at least get like a little burn? You know, he something. Uses <laughs> Put his hand over his mouth. <laughs> That's what he's doing the whole time. Oh man! And then, and then when they reprogram him, OCP reprograms him with a, a shit ton of useless directions. Yeah, like three hundred completely. Yes, and they're all conflicting. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, they were trying to sabotage him. Exactly. They were trying to sabotage RoboCop, so when they launched RoboCop 2... He was gonna, they were going to look like a more superior product. Right, exactly. Even though it was their own product. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. They're, they're, they might as well be embezzling. They're just sabotaging right, themselves. Right, yeah. It's, it's just insanity. Apple kind of does that in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they do in a way. like It's like when they release the new models, it's like, well, this is the latest and the greatest, but they've been actually caught like they uh, dumbed down... The uh, processing capabilities of their older models, so people will go, yeah, I kind of want that newer one. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, why does he seem to run a lot slower on the same OS? What what's going on with it? Like, well, because of the integrity of the battery, uh-huh. we downgrade the CPU usage and RAM clocking to make the battery seem like it lasts just as long. That's some gibberish talk for, yeah, we kind of flub them into, yeah, yeah. you we're, need uh, a we're new one. We're screwing you is what we're doing. I'm yeah, that's a very Steve Jobs thing to do. Well, I noticed when Windows 10 was coming out, uh, my laptop's got Windows 8 on it. Lucky. It started acting funny. 
and Microsoft kept trying to give me, hey, here's your free upgrade for Windows 10. I'm like, I don't want it. You know, here's your free upgrade. No, thanks. Here's your free upgrade. Don't want it. Last chance for your free upgrade. No, thanks. And then shortly after that, my laptop start, stopped acting kind of funny. And you had Windows 8? I still had Windows 8. Windows 8 sucks. I know. I, I don't <laughs> do anything. 10. I don't do anything on my laptop anyway. I use it for work and emails. There's nothing fancy going with it. So no it porn, works. Don't just, lie. No, that um, that laptop is a virgin because I have two <laughs> dead ones. <laughs> <laughs> they have so many STDs in them. Isn't it pretty bad that you can't even have digital sex without catching something? <laughs> that I've always been wanting to make that analogy. And here it is. Robocop. <laughs> he starts misfiring. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't really have any more behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, I, I don't think we can forgive ourselves without mentioning Robocop versus the Terminator. It was a thing that happened. That's the it was end. a game. It was amazing. It was, it was pretty fucking... I mean, it was stupid and stupid hard, and there's a chick with stupid hair, but other than that, it's pretty good. Well, most Nintendo and Super Nintendo games were kind of kind of like that. Like Judge Dredd? Yes. That game is a classic. You need to stop ranting on it. <laughs> Dad, can you do that? Ah, <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, TJ Laser. Yep. That, yeah. <laughs> yep. How awesome would that be if they actually made that into a show? Oh, man. And everyone would be like, oh, this is really cool. Where'd it come from? Uh, Robocop, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And Disney will buy it out. TJ Laser versus Robocop. <laughs> buy it for a dollar. <laughs> all right. So, any favorite moments from the franchise? Favorite movie? Uh, yeah, all of it, except for three. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty general, yeah. One. The, the very end of part one, where. Uh, the old man, Robocop shoots old man up or uh, Dick Jones out of the window, and old man's like, "My shooting son, what's your name?" He, he turns around, Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> and then also in that, I think it was in that Frida's DVD set, they were talking uh, Ed Newmeyer and Michael Miner, the writers, creators of Robocop. They they were saying they were in the theater with a bunch of people watching it for the first time, and when and when when he said Murphy, there's like this primal male just like yeah uh, kind of thing yeah, yeah yeah that's cool well that, i mean that's an important part especially for an ending because it shows that he's accepted yeah because ocp stole everything he was but just by that one action he took something back you right know? right he's, yep. he stuck it to the man just a little bit i i always kind of found like you know the parts where he's thinking about his child and thinking about you know his wife and stuff like that, all the flashback moments it the music that they're playing it is super duper like simplistic, but it still is enough to elicit that like feeling of you know thinking fondly about somebody. Mm-hmm. I always kind of treasure that about a movie, even as simple as RoboCop, to make you feel that feeling with him. Well, you know who did the music for that is Basil Podorius. He did the music for Conan the Barbarian and Hunt for Red October. And he did a lot of the classic soundtracks from the 80s. Okay, because we you were talking about that. He talked about the music. And in my mind, what I heard was... And I was going, it wasn't the RoboCop theme. This, this is all going on in my head while you guys are having this discussion. I'm like, and then you mentioned him, and he's like, well, he did the music. I'm like, oh. You're like, what is best in life? <laughs> That's pretty amazing. But yeah, I could listen to... The soundtrack from RoboCop 1 over and over. I'm one of the weird people who listens to the soundtracks 
by themselves because I like music. I listen to Oh, tracks. I grew up. My I dad, hate you, though. My dad never liked music as far Aww. as like contemporary or rock or any of that mm-hmm. stuff. So my dad listened to, I listened to John Williams and stuff like that growing up. There you go. So, you know, I remember listening to Raiders of the Lost Ark and my dad would play that. Uh, you remember the part when uh, Indiana Jones is climbing onto the truck and he's falling and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And there's a really high hitting uh, brass horn during all that. Yes. My dad had a really good sound system when I was a kid. And now our whole, I grew up in a trailer, but that whole fucking trailer would shake when he would play that. I remember, I'll remember that till the day I die. Just my dad listening to that. Kick ass. Yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome. So your your favorite moment is the music in that one scene where he's remembering things. No, well, it it's it's just his memories. The way mm-hmm. that they the way that they have him setting down and you know remembering it it gives you that it give you it gives me a feeling when I watch that part because it, you know it's not like I could have the same memories as him, but it gives you that feeling like you know you know hey that's it it the music the choreography of the of the set pieces that is going on and the way he's reacting to it it makes you feel for him which mm-hmm. is kind of weird for a science fiction to do science picture movie to do you know it's kind of that same way whenever luke wa- walks up to the le- or the to the uh oh to the sunset basically yeah to the sunset and you see the twin stars mm-hmm. or the tw- the twin moon right. or suns. suns can't talk today here good they are stars. You know, you were correct. That every time I see that, <laughs> it still it it elicits a feeling in me. Well, and, and that's one, all you can hope yeah, for in a movie. Well, John Williams is a genius. Well, that's true too. And that whole that whole score, you can you can feel with Luke. You can feel everything. And that's also that that scene to me is is about potential. Because right. you have a young man looking forward, and he's on a cliff. He's on a precipice. And you can see he's got his future ahead of him, these two giant bright stars. So his future is bright, but there's still a cliff, and he still has to step over that precipice. So his future hasn't begun yet. You know, watching Forrest watch you talk is kind <laughs> of like over here watch- thinking, like, how hard do you think about that scene? <laughs> I gotta know. It's like watching. I mean, you're telling me, but it's I like watching the cheetah way. see an antelope. <laughs> Drinking from the water, and I'm just waiting, waiting for, for him mistake, to motherfucker. I'm waiting for him to pounce. <laughs> Turn your back for just a second. Well, what'd you get? You didn't, you didn't think that, JD? What did no, you not at all. What'd you get out of it then? Like, oh, some dipshit standing on a pile of dirt, <laughs> looking at the stars like an idiot. I hate sand. Your aunts are gonna, aunt and uncle's gonna die soon. <laughs> Rough and coarse. Gets everywhere. <laughs> oh, from Thumb Wars, he's like, oh, they're gonna die. I better get home and uh, find uh, Aunt Soon Dead and Uncle Gonna Bite It. Yeah. What were their names again? <laughs> Aunt Soon Dead and mm-hmm. Uncle Gonna Bite It. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I love YouTube's algorithm sometimes because it actually showed me troops from 1997. Yeah, that came up for me, too. Yeah, me, too. I don't know why, but I love it. I watched it. That's I cannot, amazing. I can't get enough of it. Yep. You can only he's that, he's running the, from it, yeah. Back on the day, that was only on VHS. Well, well, it was a, it was like a DivX file or not a DivX, uh, oh, dot move file back in the oh. day, and yeah, they, they were, they were fan made stuff, mm-hmm. and Uncle Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew were it was a domestic <laughs> dispute. <laughs> Have you not seen this? No, I haven't. Oh, oh we gotta good. show you. It's pretty I'll watch good. It later, that's pretty it's awesome. Fucking good. So no, it's great. It's really. The Jawa starts running. He's like, he's running. Pulls he's, up his blaster. He's getting away. Yeah. 
I love how they still have to shoot twice whenever they hit try to shoot anybody. <laughs> right. They always have to shoot at least twice. <laughs> they have stormtroopers, I swear <laughs> to God. But no one's as precise as stormtroopers. <clears throat> well, do you guys have anything else you want to end this fine RoboCop podcast on? Uh, Kane is the baddest motherfucker around. That's all I got to say. Agreed. Even better yes. than Godzilla. Look, don't go fucking mixing genres here, Mark. <laughs> God damn it. If we're going that way, I think Apple's Q normal. probably Apple's beats everybody. <laughs> hey, you can't this cry. is the, fir- the first podcast that we've done a movie one on that Forrest hasn't go who would win in a fight, Godzilla or... Oh, right. That is true. Oh, my God. I mean, I think that's a pretty... Who would win in a fight between Kane and JD? Answer honestly. I mean, honestly, Kane, but if it was a fight between you and Kane... You would just fucking bore him to death with either talking about fucking Elite Dangerous or how his own mechanics work. Well, you see, your your exhaust intake is actually uh, regulated <laughs> by this tube here. That's a cooling system, but it only cools when you have nuke inside you, and you have to put the nuke inside this... I hate you, Josh. And I feel my con- personally attacked right now. <laughs> you have been, sir. My controller's called the Lawgiver. You see, I call it that. <laughs> it is. It's the name of it. Whatever. Double whammy. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. I'm pointing at myself. You're cool. Alright, guys. Where do people get a hold of us at? The internet. That's true. And we're done. Thank you. (laughs) You can throw us emails at podcast at gamerda.com. Twitter at gamerda1. That's one, not two, and there's no apostrophes, no commas no hyphens great now they're confused they're like how do i type all that in try that again it's math okay take two go yes um <laughs> the pressure i'm actually i'm actually blanking out <laughs> <laughs> now that everyone's looking at you the pressure's on it doesn't matter uh we're also on facebook at game discretion advised we've got our own page and everything it's pretty cool yep and we got a website don't forget gamerda.com little uh outdated right now but we're gonna try to work on something soon hopefully so it runs on dos we'll fix that (laughs) mr mcnuge thanks for joining us thanks for having me the mcnuge until next time folks later